October 19, 2021. It's Watt for Pedro Show.
Watt for Pedro Show. Happy Tuesday. Start off with Blues to Elvin. My drummer man guest. Soon you get to meet him. John Coltrane, Blues to Elvin. Jonathan Wilson after that with Trafalgar Square. And because of those Skype inventors in Estonia, I have Brother Joey Warnaker. Welcome aboard, Joey. Thank you. Hello. Absolutely. And your music uh, journey, I should enlighten the listeners the fact that I first discovered your drumming in Power Trio, Walt Mink. Yes. But I want to get into it before that because, uh, yeah, all musical paths leave to now, but let's try and chase down yours. Please bring your earliest musical memory, Joey, please. My earliest musical memory is, um, I mean, I grew up in a musical house, so, um, but the, the strongest memory to me was my uncle, who uh, was a drummer, ah. and he, I, I really wanted to play drums, but I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out, and he noticed that I was left-handed, and so... Um, he got me set up with a little drum set that was set up left-handed and he gave me Led Zeppelin four and he said, listen to this and see if there's anything you want to try and learn and I can show you. And I was about eight or nine years old and, uh, I played along to that record for every day, all day for, I don't know how long. Now, you know, I think if you were Southpaw, you just had to go with it, right? But there was one rock and roller, Deep Purple's Ian Pace. I think oh, he, yeah. he, 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 I'm left-handed. I'm going to play left-handed. Were yeah. you aware of him at that time? Um, not at, No, not at the time. I had, I had no idea. And I think I was just a little kid and, like, I would show up. Like, I remember I, there was a neighbor who had a like he was a teenager and he had a drum set and I would go over there and I just couldn't play it. And, um, it was, I, I couldn't figure out why. Cause I knew it was, I knew it was in me. Um, but yeah, I just had to, and I, and then thinking back on it, I think it was because I had already been like kind of air drumming <laughs> and like setting up pillows and pots and pans with spoons and stuff like that. So I, I'd been setting them up left-handed and doing it that way. Um, so I, I, I thank, thank the uh, higher powers for my uncle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Was there, were you ever tempted to try other music instruments? Was there the other musical instruments in the pad you grew up? Oh, yeah, you know, I had that funny thing where, you know, as all what, what like, you know, we do as par parents, whatever, like, think that my parents knew that I wanted to play drums and when I was like probably seven they were saying you know if you can do piano then you can do you can move on to drums but I just like never connected and I tried through the years I would take go back and try and take piano lessons and guitar lessons and I I don't know if I just I didn't have the discipline with those instruments or something and so I actually never never learned another instrument I can pretty much play drums and barely play keyboards and i mean i know chords and all that on on guitar but useless <laughs> <laughs> what about the first record you bought with your own money um let me think about this 
Remember, it's a walk for Pedro show. There's no hard questions. There's no wrong answers. I know. I Well, because I used to go to this, and I can't remember. I wish I could remember what it was called. I used to go to the used record store, and it was such a great thing. I would buy, like, I think when I, I think the first records I was buying with my own money were, like, Frank Zappa records. And, and, uh, and, and it was cool. Like you would buy, I would buy them and then bring them back and trade them in for something else. <laughs> you repurposed. Oh uh, yeah. What about the first gig you saw, Joey? Um, I know what it, it, I, that was a cool thing. I had access to a lot of cool gigs, but I know that my mom tried to take me to see Jethro Tull, um, opening. I think they were playing with the Grateful Dead and I was probably five or something, and it's it scared me so badly. She had to take take me out of there. It was too scary. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, at school, were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? Um, I was. I I went to. I didn't have that because my my parents sent me to uh, fancy private school, which. I'm very thankful of. And um, so I have a crazy story of that, about that, which was um, my, f- my friends, uh, let's see, Ra- Rachel and Petra and Tanya oh, yeah. Hayden Hades. and Josh Hayden were all st- my like students with me and their dad, Charlie, one of the great jazz bass players. Um, he was, yeah, he was, uh, he taught the music class. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to ask, did you look, is that how you learn traditional grip? (laughs) 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 Right. Because people uh, before trap sets, right. You you slung the drum. And so you had Mm -hmm. to have that kind of technique. That's right. That's, that's the only way you'd be able to reach. Right. The match grip. It was different and trap, right. Contraption kind of a thing is still in a process. In fact, you made some contributions that double hi-hat trip, the toe and the heel. But we'll get to that later. Thank you. You know, uh, one thing about going to a trippy school like that, maybe, you still had afternoons off. So did you do the garage band, basement band, base, uh, bedroom band trip? That's right. That's what it was. So I was always in in bands. But then something happened where uh, uh, I met um, a, a much older musician who's still one of my closest friends, uh, Smokey Hormel. Oh yeah. Guitar man. Yeah. Guitar, guitar man. And he, um, he recruited me when I was, you know, like 14 to be in all these bands that he was playing in, in LA. So I started, uh, you know, kind of doing gigs when I was like 14. Whoa. Do you remember your first gig? Yeah. I, I was in, uh, it was so cool. He, he had the idea to get me in this band that he was in. I wonder if you, if you knew this band, uh, they were a Western swing band called the radio ranch straight shooters. Oh yeah. I remember. Awesome. Yeah. I was in, I mean, there were a lot of members, but so I was in that band for a while and, um, the first gig I'm pretty sure that I did with them was I, Gorky's oh, yeah. in downtown LA. Right, Chow Pad by MacArthur yep. Park. Yeah. God, I can't even think of where it was. And my, my dad took me. <laughs> <laughs> Did 
D Boots Pop took us to uh, our first gig. We saw T Rex. He sat with us. Really? I wouldn't shit you. At Long God, Beach Auditorium. It's, uh, they tore it down. It's the uh, Long Beach uh, Opera House now. And uh, it's where they filmed uh, Don, some of the Don Kirster rock concerts. Oh, God, which I love so much. <laughs> so, what was that first gig like at Gorky's? Your pop takes you. Was it Pants Shooter? Um, I think I was. I gotta say, I think I was hooked immediately. I was just so excited. Yeah. And so it was a success. It was a success. Yeah. I knew I, I knew somehow I could do it. And I gotta say, so I've always been totally comfortable in the you know, the kind of like that part of the stage playing drums behind the drum set. But like I cannot give us like a toast at like a family function. <laughs> right. right. Danger will walk. Robinson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but you, 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 different role. Uh, wrong role for the, the, the actor. Yes. Give me this uh, music here. Chemtrails from Mr. Beck. Let's listen. I can't believe what we've seen.
deal taken up with me. Put down the phone, you ain't calling all me. That goddamn sheriff don't want no more of me. He know that I don't play. He won't come out here no way. But I'll give old boy a beer if he comes to call.
And it's also the end of broadcasting for Thursday, the end of broadcasting Seven for 1970. Nine, decreasing six in Humber later. Rain, then showers, moderate or poor becoming good. Westerly, 6 to gale 8, occasionally severe gale 9. At the first third, it will be 11, 24, and 50 seconds. At the third third, it will be 11, 25, and 50 seconds.
Watford Pedro show. That show can music start off with Joy Mr. Beck doing chemtrails. Then listening up the overdrive from Bombas Prendon, DC area. Deerhoof's got a new album and this tune, Our Philosophy is Fiction. Landowner after that from England with old Connecticut money. Chris Scroger out of Belton, Texas. Yeah, I just moved there. Put down that phone. Maybe a Hinson tune he covered. SLWCC Watt, that's my collaboration with uh, Sam Lock Ward out of Iowa City with Retribution. Thud, brand new. K's on this. Her old buddy Glenn. And then finally, The Last Refugee, Roger Waters with Joey Warnaker. Back to George's journey through music story. So, you broke the water with that Gorky gig in the Radio Straight Shooters. Uh, yes. So, you're learning other people's tunes. Uh, That's right. But, but you know, what about the idea of a drummer as a composer? Maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but were you even entertaining that notion then? Um, no, not yet. Because I think in my mind, I saw, I was like, the goal for me was to be like John Bonham. I, I, want, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was going to yeah, be a little small band. target, little, little, little <laughs> minor target. <laughs> Very approach reachable, and yeah, I, I'll pick uh, Jeff, Mr. Bottom. Yeah, I'm gonna be him. Yeah, okay, done. Make yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> it <you>, be so. <laughs> no, it's, it's great. I just wonder a little ahead of myself. So you get to go fucking do uh, music school or the music portion of school with Charlie uh, Hayden. Can you think right now, off the top of your head, the most important things he taught you about music? Well. The most important thing for me was, um, I mean, not probably definitely not the heaviest thing that he was, you know, imparting to, to us, but, um, I immediately picked up that he, he wasn't a big fan of the sound of drums and cymbals and, <laughs> <laughs> and his whole Billy thing. Higgins and, uh... Yeah, a lot with Ornette, right? This, yes. I got to and, see Billy uh, when Raymond took me to Catalina to see Billy Higgins once. And we're, we're uh, on the next table, right? I'm 10 feet from the guy, and he licked. It was my gig. He stared at me the whole fucking gig. Awesome. I know. It was beautiful. I couldn't believe it. It was like my private uh, command performance. Anyway, uh, Mr. Hayden, he, he didn't dig cymbals and the drums. So I, so I learned that in order to play with him, uh, I was going to have to be really quiet. Yeah. So you learned dynamics. I learned dynamics from, from him because it was a necessity. That was the, that was the only way, um, anyone was going to get to play drums. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was amazing. And he did stuff like this is, this is cool. He would do, um, rehearsals for gigs in and you know our class would be the the rehearsal yeah, the lesson is the practice. <laughs> pretty funny yeah yeah getting, pretty you know, com- like a little combined little twofer possibly possibly you know not having to figure out where to rehearse but <laughs> <laughs> there's but, the practice is the classroom yeah very efficient but, mr hayden 
But I'll but, tell man, you that dynamics, are... and I've learned this playing with drummers. Yeah. Especially snare drum. You can't beat the shit out of that mother. It sounds terrible. It sounds like a hungry seal. Timbali, <laughs> right? Ar, ar, ar. Yeah. The, Perfect. Now you can you can beat up toms and probably get better tone, but man, you got to work a snare. There's a, there's a technique. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And I I had to learn that with with uh, Charlie. And um, yeah, and I got to see, you know, he would, they would have rehearsals. So it'd be like Billy Higgins and Pat Metheny, like in the class, <laughs> the classroom. <laughs> Pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a really fortunate thing. Uh, so he taught you dynamics and that, that is great, man, because that's something, that's a lesson you never lose. It's going to be applied to almost fucking every situation and you, you know. And some people, they never learn it. It's a lifetime thing that they never get. Uh, let me ask you this. After school, graduating, higher education, you pursue music, right? Um, actually, I kind of did a... I, I, I wasn't sure what I was doing with my life. I was like, if, am I going to... Uh, am I going to be a drummer or do I need to like step back and look at the big picture a little bit? Um, but, um, I, I knew, and I wanted to, I wanted to like move from LA, see what that would be like. And I had a friend who was living in uh, Minneapolis. Ah, okay. Yeah. So I kind of came up with a scheme. I was like, okay, I can like, you know, keep going, go to college and then be in Minneapolis. And also I was, you know, at that time, like heavily Husker Du was already, they had just broken up, but that, you know, I was such a fan of Husker Du and, uh, you know, pretty much all, all SST bands. Yeah, that's um, true. We put out Husker's first album. Yeah. Yes. Grant Hart, yes. great drummer, man. And I, yeah, so I just, I was like excited to be, to be there and, um, and in that city and that scene and, and, um, see what that would be like. And so of course, you know, I ended up starting this band with my friend and that was, that's what became, uh, the power trio, Walt, Walt Mink. Right. Um, and that's we, where I yeah, first we got to we, see you play. That's right. Yeah, we got, we were fortunate enough to to uh, open for you a couple times. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, you, was that the first band that like you started? You didn't like because in SoCal you were joining other cats bands, right? Yeah, yeah, and and even in school, like my like some of my my friends would you know have like. What my my friend had a hilarious band called Urinalysis, and like I would, <laughs> I would, I would be like the drummer in in my friend's bands. But then I was, I was doing these crazy gigs with Smokey, pe Smokey, yeah, yeah. And then like from through him, like Dave Alvin, and oh, um, yeah, and and like so I was playing kind of more like. I don't know, blues and jazz and stuff like that. Um, so it was, it was interesting, but yeah, in my mind, I was like, you know, I wanted to be 
you know, like, like you, <laughs> I wanted to be in a band and, and, you know, that ethos had sunk in and I was like, wow, okay, John Bonham, I don't need that. Like, what if, what if me and my friends got in a van and like saw the world that way and, you know, played shows and made music. So you know, that, I remember Walt M Mink reminded me of a bad brains. Hmm. A little yes. bit. Did you guys ever listen to those cats? Because in a, a little, lot. I mean, you were still your own band, but it reminded me a little bit. Yeah, I, I we were we were definitely like soaking in. Um, I don't know, Bad Brains. Um, uh, you know, definitely Husker Du, Minute Minutemen, uh, Black Flag. Yeah. Um, that that was kind of. And then, then the thing was that the, my friend who, who, who I started the band with, but, and it was, he was the primary songwriter and John, he was, right? yeah, that's right. That's right. And he, he is, um, you know, just kind of like a masterful guitar player. Um, and so, uh, yeah, he, it, it like, it pushed me in that direction. It was like, okay, well, you know, we're doing, we're going to do like, we want to be, you know, a band like, like our heroes, but at the same time, you know, like it's going to be more like bad brains or more mathy because John's like a shredder. And so I was like, I better keep up with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he could play fast, man. And a trippy singular voice. Uh, you get mm -hmm. a good, yeah, spot him like, do you remember the first Walt Mink gig? Yeah. Well, cause we were, we were, um, playing like in colleges and so we had figured out like, uh, we could, we basically then Walt name, Walt Mink name came about because it was the name of like a really popular professor who's like at one of the colleges in Minneapolis where we were, <laughs> Golden Gophers. We, were we were, he was, he was at, um, there were like a ton of colleges and, um, but he was at McAllister. Ah, okay. Yeah. Music. Yeah. And, and we, and, and so we knew like, if, we just thought it would, we wondered if it would work if we made flyers and we said, you know, Walt Mink will be in the basement <laughs> at the right. party. Like calling and your it band totally free beer or nude woman or something. Exactly. Yeah. It was like free beer and Walt Mink and and it, it works like a All charm. right, success. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, October 19, 2021, the Watt Pedro Show special guest Joey Wanaker. Hold tight for our two. October 19, 2021, second hour, Watt from Pedro Show. My friend picked me up about quarter past five. We stopped and got some donuts and we took a little drive. We had a can of nitrous, we rolled the windows up. Now we're breathing deeply, breathing deeply. And there's a fuel in this truck. And I don't know if we're dead or what the fuck. There's a fuel in this truck. I don't know if we're dead or what the fuck or what. I spent many years always trying to get high, smoking broken pipes. 
pencils and beating up kids Talking to the devil and drinking a Coke Now we're totally rocking, totally rocking And there's a fuel in this truck And I don't know if we're dead or what the fuck There's a fuel in this truck And I don't know if we're dead or what the fuck or what We got a good idea so we pulled off the road Got some molly hatchet going on the stereo I said let's roll up the windows and let the nitrous go Now we can't stop laughing, can't stop laughing And there's a few this truck and I don't know if we're dead or what the fuck is a pill in this truck and I don't know if we're dead or what the fuck or what the fuck is going on you do that you know
Watch from Pedro show. Second hour start off with Beck doing few. Joey Warner. Trubakova Krushna Pesci from uh, Slovenia with Pace, which place, which translates to dance. That's what keeps hollering people to dance. Moshe Doma from Ukraine with uh, Leningradsky Blues. Tisno Timpani Rinso Puspau from James Twig Harbor, Rubber O Cement, Brutal Sound Effects Crew, North. Ray Shin, Eye of the Needle, and finally Get Free, The Vines, Joey Warner. Yeah, so uh, I remember a news story. They found these three guys in a pickup with a fucking nitrous tank on their lap. And they rolled up the window, and it suffocated them. Yes. And I guess that's what the fucking dudes <laughs> breathe deep. That's, a, yeah, okay. that's right. exactly right. Okay. Um, <laughs> Shit. And it's I, nothing I, funny, I, really. I, I shouldn't be laughing. I know it's it, it's it's a tricky one, and then of course <laughs> the song's kind of funny. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but but I gotta say, like, so I moved to L.A back to LA in like 1993, I think. And, and I was living in, in, uh, um, where was it? Like, uh, La, La Cienega and Olympic in ah. this house with like a ton of people, party house. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, I'd met my, my sister had this friend, um, oh, shoot. Who's I'm, I feel really bad. Uh, hopefully I'll remember his name. Um, and he had a he had a studio called Poop Alley. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that rings a bell somehow. Yeah, it was like at that time. I mean, it was he was just doing a lot of. I guess you know we could call it lo-fi, but. Um, he was recording a lot of stuff, and and this his, is kind of the era of Jabberjaw in K Town, right? That coffee. Totally. Room. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Total Jabberjaw era and um yeah and, and so uh i had just moved back to la and met him and and then he called me up like a week after i got to la and said i need to do some drums for this guy beck and uh you know my studio you live close to the studio so maybe you could come down and uh so yeah, I went to his that to Poop Alley, <laughs> which was like right nearby, like on Pico, and uh, and met Beck and played that song, recorded that song, Fume, and uh, you, you know from meet, that point, the first time you met the guy, yeah, that was when where we met, and okay. we just we hit it off, and you know became really good friends, and and. Uh, yeah, that was it. Because you you turn into like a drummer for so you kind of go back to the fourteen year old mode. You're playing for other cats again. Yeah, suddenly, suddenly I met I met him and we became really good buddies. And um, yeah, and Walt Mink was was like kind of at a fractured place. Um, uh, you know, happens to bands, I guess. Yeah. I don't know, but. Um, uh and uh the span of their arc i think so yeah <laughs> and and so i and then i was going through kind of a musical weird thing where i i was like interested in all these different kind you know different kinds of music 
and I was like, God, I wish there was, a, I think it was in the air, like, cause you know, Beck was clearly doing that, like, you know, blues and folk and hip hop and whatever he wanted, um, whatever he wanted. And yeah, just instead yeah. of really, really having to be that way, instead of, yeah, some genre oriented or driven trip. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was, I felt like, you know, that was where I was heading. And, um, but yeah, I kind of like, I kind of like took a, took a, a, a turn away from, you know, doing my own thing. And, and, and then like, you know, I've been kind of like collaborating ever since. Right. You gave me this, uh, music, uh, stuck together pieces. Let's listen. Do 
Watch for Pedro Show. That chunk of music started off with Adams for Peace doing stuck together pieces. Then we had My Daddy Ate My Eyes. H is for Hosanna. Uh, Terza Storia from Stowe Carter Project. Lack is an open field from Love Bounded by Water. And finally, Ultra Easter with Small Talk. What's an Ultra Easter? Um, so that's a band I have with my friends uh, Nigel Godrich and Laura Bettinson. And uh, Nigel is like he and I have been kind of doing stuff together for a long time. And he he's uh, a guy who, you know, is known as a producer because he produced uh, mostly known as producing Radiohead's records. Um, and uh, yeah, and then we, he produced a lot of stuff for Beck. And then we just at, some, at a certain point kind of had a, a conversation where, you know, we were both saying like, we sh why aren't we doing our own thing? And, uh, and then he, and, and he's, you know, had the idea like, Hey, let's, let's just make some music and do it. <laughs> and that's ultra Easter. And that's ultra Easter. Yeah. So it was kind of like, uh, not really gigs, but studio rock. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, we tried to do some, we did, we did a little bit of touring, but yeah. And at that point we were already like, you know, doing so much studio stuff. And then, and then we, I think, I'm not exactly sure what happened. We were having so much fun doing Ultra Easter, and then suddenly um, Tom from Radiohead saying, "Like, hey, we should do a we should do a project." And um, and so then we then Adams for Peace started happening. Ah, the other where, song I played. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So then, so that they was, happened kind of around each other. Yeah kind of around each other and so and we were doing a lot of shows okay um so that kind of meant less shows for ultra easter <laughs> ultra easter was first though but then it got bum rush uh, yeah so it was to kind say, of so to say kind of at the same time okay kind of at the same time okay and uh i'm gonna take a guess but nigel sounds kind of england exactly so yeah so you guys trade I was, files or do you go over there or I was actually spending, I think during that time, I was probably spending as much time in London ah, okay. as I was in L.A. Okay, understood. And uh, about, you've, you've done remote stuff, right? Um, yeah, and now that's that's been, that's been the mode for me. Last two years, right? Last two years, yeah. it's been pretty, pretty much like, kind of like almost every day. That's good, I think, man, because uh, I've been using it as a lifeline just to stay sane, play every day. And even though, yeah, I made albums with dudes I never met, <laughs> trading the files, I still think it's better than sitting on your hands and uh, belly aching. Music. I agree. Incredible. Yeah, that's so, cool. So you're you're you're. Yeah, doing I'm lucky that, that you know a few years ago I th I thought about get a Pro Tools thing for your pad, what? And just, you know, okay, I can't do drums, but I can do pertinent everything else. And people flow me things. And what better uh, way, right? Uh, to stay in the mo uh, live with music 
then keep music going every day in your life. Yeah, it's it's so awesome. I, it really is. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And when I hear people like yourself uh, saying they're into it too, it just I just love the idea of uh, motivated, uh, inspired people. I think it's the best thing one music cat can do for another, truly. Yes. Yeah, got to keep playing. So, and these are still ongoing projects, this Adams and uh, Ultra Easta. I would say, well, f- technically, but it's been a while yeah. um, for, for Adams for Peace. And uh, and then um, Ultra Easta, I bet we'll, we, may, we could do more stuff, but recently both Nigel and Laura, uh, separately, they're not, a, they're not together, but they both just had kids. Okay. So I, that, might, first. that yeah. might, that might slow it down. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> we're, we're at the, <laughs> you know, a little bit about that, but you ain't slowed down. Uh, no. Some people are good with the jugglers. We're at the end of the second hour, October 19, 2021, this what Pedro Show. Special guest, Joey Warnock, our old tag for hour three. October 19, 2021. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show. Got a foot in the door. God knows what for. And he'll cut me down the sides. Stability
receiving department, 3 a.m. Staff cuts have socked up the overage. Directives are posted, no callbacks, complaints. Everywhere is calm. Hong Kong is present, Taipei awakes up. Talk of circadian rhythm. I see today with the newsprint, gray my night is covered. Pedro Show. Start off the third hour with Elliot Smith. Stupidity tries. Joy Warnaker on the drums. Reboot. These, these cats are doing a, a rendition of the, of the Gull, the old story. Got Frankenstein, Mary Shelley. Got the idea from this older, older story. And so Reboot doing the Gull in part one, threshing floor. Play all of them, one at a time. A few years after that, Cincinnati Biblical Names. From their new album, Team Dresh from Olympia, Donna Dresh, great uh, bass lady. Temporary shirts used to have a great fanzine called Chainsaw, and then REM 
Last Minute Mentor was with Aria. They're very nice guys. They're beautiful to us. Uh, but Day Sleeper. So, uh, Elliot, how'd this happen? Yeah. Um, so that connection would be, well, I, I'll never forget hearing his music. That was kind of through through uh, friends of Beck and, and Beck and um, himself and and then the dudes who were recording Beck um, were were also recording uh, Elliot. Oh. And so, like, I met him, uh, like, through Beck. He did some shows with us. And then, um, yeah, and then he asked me to come and do some drums. And that song in particular was pretty awesome because um so i was playing at that point i was playing with rem i was their drummer and um bill something happened to his head right what what's up something happened to bill's head uh aneurysm or something that's correct he had he had an aneurysm and yeah and it may he just decided he was totally you know recovered 100 percent and but he decided to retire um, and, and so, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. And I was talking to, I guess I was do, I was doing stuff in LA recording with Elliot and, uh, Rob Schnaff and Tom Rothrock. And we were chatting and they were saying they were want, really wanted to go to record at Abbey road because they were all, you know, Beatles heads and all that kind of thing. And, and um, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be in, in London with R.E.M. for like two weeks. And uh, so luck, luck had it that they were there and booked some time at Abbey Road. And uh, I went and recorded that song with Elliot. Um, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I got to record there once for a John Peel session with Jay Maskis. Oh, amazing. Just the history, right? It's like a row, a row houses. It looks like it's a, it's very unassuming from the outside. Yeah, yeah. It was it was uh, yeah, just kind of like a nice residential neighborhood. Right, right. Yeah. And then John Peels, you know, he hardly ever went to these. I was told, but he showed up at this one. Mm. And, and I asked him because the back of the Tyrannosaurus Rex Unicorn album, he reads his poem. So I asked him about that, and he started talking about Mark Bolin, and he got really sad. Well, yeah, I guess he said he wouldn't answer the phone anymore. Wow. Yeah, it was heavy. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't mean to open any cat. I was just, you know, you meet a cat that you they heard his voice on the record, and then, yeah, that was really well, intense. That isn't. That's did amazing. Did great for Elliot here, though. though. Did what? Did he give? Any of these cats, R.E.M., uh, the Ultria, Nigel, uh, Adams for Pete. These guys, do they give you direction? Or what do they say? Just do what you yeah. do? Yeah, I mean, uh, like, the cool thing with Ultra Issa and Adams for Peace was that it, it, those were more like, you know, oh, let's try and make this a band. And, and like, even though, you know, it's in Ultra 
in in uh, Adams for Peace, it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of like Tom and Nigel's. Uh, they're they're taking the reins creatively in the making the record that's for sure and Tom is definitely like you know we're all I think you know to a certain degree like following his lead and but he was you know he was also like you know wanted wanted uh, musicians you know wanted us all to do our thing and be autonomous a little bit so that that was cool and then bring something to the party and I could just Please. imagine Beck yeah. uh, maybe giving you a beat with his mouth, right? Maybe something like that. Or does yes. It... Okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I could and, just imagine. Yeah. I, and you know, I haven't been there. I'm not privy to it, but I, just knowing <laughs> the man, I could just imagine him like doing the drum part with his mouth for you. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. I want, can you make it sound more like? <laughs> Look, here's a trippy one I thought I'd never get from you. A, a trippy, trippy Who song. Let's play this.
in a sense keeping things at the level at which whiteness and white people remain at the center of the discussion. After he had had that unutterable experience, he had to communicate somehow in metaphors.
from Pedro Show, last music for this edition. The, this gun will misfire by the Who. Good fuck after that with Reality Jock, Hunger Jam. Tell them some live uh, at Kumwa. Number two, I guess it was the second piece he did. If wanna, I'm Margolis, Chester, New York, scratching Asia. And finally, Jamaro with No Air. Who's Jamaro? So, so that's the me and the, the uh, there was a percussionist um, in Adams for Peace, and he's uh, from Brazil, and his name is Mauro Rafosco. And so, like, we had just kind of kept making music, and that was like a that was file trading. Okay, like we we did we did hook up and do some like that we made a record basically and we would you know got together and jammed and recorded the jams and then and then kind of like traded files from there and and we were just kind of doing it for fun and somehow during the you know the last crazy year and a half two years um i guess that those files got into search certain people's hands and then uh sony masterworks wanted to put it out as a record so so we got the we got to kind of like refine it and put it out so it's really cool yeah yeah i dig it big big time and and tell me the story about this who song okay so that was awesome my 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 buddy um dave sardi was producing the who and uh called called up um several drummers and including uh my good friend carla azar i don't know if you know yeah and 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 had us you know play on a song or two or whatever and and that was another scenario where like i was in i was in london not too long ago like right before the pan like literally right before the pandemic um and uh yeah, I went and record, got to, you know, record with, with, uh, it was just Pete. And, he played the uh, bass? there, well, it was really weird. Like he, and I guess I learned a lot, like he, for a long, I, I, maybe almost always, like he had demos and a lot of times they were recording, playing along to, or replacing, parts on demos um i didn't know that i mean being a huge who fan like at some point i had like (laughs) copies of of some of his demos sure sure me too yeah yeah but so so like that was kind of that's kind of his process and then of course that's pretty pretty normalized now um but it was a weird experience because like he was he was, you know, saying, don't be afraid to go crazy on the drums. And I think we both, I mean, to me, I was like, you know, I used to pretend I was Keith Moon <laughs> when I was. <laughs> yeah. So, so I was like, you mean, are you like, really? For for real? And he was like, he was like, no, it's great. Keep doing it. Keep right. Like, go like, just be free with it. It's fine. Let the freak flag fly. <laughs> oh, man, Joey, it's been fucking righteous getting to talk to you. We're out of fucking time now. 
when you get, uh, I guess your your most current thing is Joe Morrow. Correct. Fuck, we, we got to get you both on the air, and you could talk about that. We could play the album. Oh, let's do it. Okay, we'll do it. Okay. In the meantime, we keep playing every day. Like what? Or I'm going to be like Joey. Keep playing every day. Man. <laughs> So great to talk to you. You have no idea. Oh, right so back. cool. Truly, truly. True. People, it's been the October 19, 2021 Dishwap Peter Show. Keep your powder dry.